Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll stand. Hi. Hi. Um, so I'm Jimmy Boyd. I'm one of the interns for this summer. Um, I, uh, just a little bit about me. I go to school in Chicago at Moody Bible Institute. Um, I have about a year and a half there left. And uh, I love being an intern here. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing working with all these kids. And uh, why I'm up here... Okay, thanks. Um, I was pretty surprised when Brandon told me I was going to be preaching on Sunday or when he told me and Ben that we were be like... What's the deal with that? <laughs> that wasn't in the job description. Um, and uh, believe it or not, my face isn't red because I'm nervous, even though I am nervous. But uh, yesterday, I actually took a trip trip down to the beach with some friends, and uh, it was actually kind of good to go down to the beach because it kind of got my mind off this of being up here in front of you all, right? Because it's completely different than being at Cub Lake and preaching to these guys. Um, you know, hopefully there's not distractions of people picking grass or ducks or cars driving by. <laughs> Because um, that's the distractions there at Cub Lake. Um, but at the beach, right, I mean, I got sunburned because I didn't put sunscreen on. I had sunscreen. And the purpose of sunscreen is to protect you from the sun. Um, and, I mean, the two and two go together, but I didn't do that, right? And there's a reason There's a reason for everything, right? There's a reason why we have summer camp for, for the youth group. There's a reason why uh, these young men chose to be baptized, right, to profess their faith. And there's a reason, there's a reason for everything, uh, in this world, um, and there's a reason why why God sent His Son Jesus Christ to come to Earth and to to live amongst us, um, and we're a part of that. We're a part of that purpose. Um, and what right? What is that purpose? Philosophers for years have been have been trying to figure out why what is life's purpose, and all they can come up with is big philosophical words that I can't understand, right? Sometimes Aaron Green, right? He says some of them, and I'm just like, whoa, Aaron, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a preschool level, okay, buddy? Um, right? But they have these big philosophical words, right? And they, and they think life's purpose is hidden in, the, in some deep, dark, like, hidden mystery that we'll never be able to find. Um, but we can find it. And, uh, like, with a lot of answers, we can find it in Scripture. Um, and... So if you guys would, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. <clears throat> and again, this, this scripture is given by God, right? This, this scripture is given to us by God through the Apostle Paul. And up to this point in 2 Corinthians, Paul's already talked about how we are anointed as Christians with the Holy Spirit, um, that we are jars of clay, um, that we are to focus on the things that are unseen rather than the things that are seen that we will be persecuted, that we will be, we will be hard-pressed on every side, and that we will be beaten, right? And that's, what's, that's what Paul's been talking to this point. And it says this, starting verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. For we know what it... Wait, sorry. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands, Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed, instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us a spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. 
We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us due, due to us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. There you have it, right? Life's purpose. I should, really should be charging you guys money for this, but it's okay. I'll let it slide, right? But we have a hope, right? We have a hope to live with life's struggles and, and to live with life's complications right here on earth. And we have confidence because we live by faith and not by sight. And we also, we have a goal, we, we have a purpose, and it's a, to live a life that's pleasing to God. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so if you guys would actually just bow your heads with me and pray um, before we just dive into the Word. Dear Lord and Holy Father God, um, I just thank you for who you are, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you that you are so awesome and mighty. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for the blessings, Lord, that you give us day in and day out, God. And Lord, I thank you for these young men, Lord, who were baptized and showing, Lord, that that they love you, Lord, and that they want to live for you, God. And Lord, I thank you for your word, God, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for using the Apostle Paul to communicate it to us, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray as we dive into it, God, that you just give us understanding. Lord, that you just give us understanding of your word, that there is hope, God. That there is hope, and that ultimately our life's purpose here on earth, God, is is to please you, Lord, with everything. Um, we love you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So diving into this, so verse 1, it says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Okay, so Paul says a tent, right? He says, For we know that the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, right? So the idea is, is that where we are in life right now, is a, Paul's using the illustration that's a tent. And some of us hate tents, Right? We can't stand the idea. Brian Kirby hates tents, right? Okay, and there's many more of you out there, right? We don't, we don't like the idea of, of going and living somewhere outside of our house where there's air conditioning and there's, there's the comfort of, of walls and, and of warmth, right? Um, I, I, I actually love going out and being in tents, right? I love going camping with my dad. I love going hunting. I love going hiking, right? Um, but even if we enjoy living in tents, um, we don't enjoy living in them for a long time, right? Tents aren't something that we're supposed to live in for the rest of our lives. They're temporary. Um, they're not forever. And the idea is that Paul's saying is that our bodies, right, he's using this illustration that our bodies are an earthly tent and that they don't last forever, that they will break down, right? We have broken bones, right? We break bones in life. We get diseases, um, we get arthritis, we get pains, we have hip surgeries, right? We go through things, and the idea is that our bodies aren't going to last forever. And the bodies that we have are, are temporary, right? But there's, there's hope, and that's in this next part right here in the, the second part of verse 1. We have a building from God, an eternal house not built by human hands, right? We have this eternal house built by God that's waiting for us. We don't, we're not living in these earthly tents forever. They're temporary. But the eternal house that we will have um, with God in heaven, that's, that's for eternity. That's forever. Um, right? It's an eternal state for those who are saved. And there's not going to be any more arthritis. There's not going to be more any pains, back pains. There's not going to be any more broken bones. There's not going to be any more of that because it's eternal. And, and it's made by God's hands. It says... An eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. It's not built by us. It's not built by the animals. It's built by God. 
this, this eternal house that we will live in someday is, is built by God. And this gives us hope because we're not finished here. We're not finished on this earth that we live in because it's only a small amount of time that we're here. Then This is kind of a challenge for us, and this is a challenge for Paul, and that starts in verse 2. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden, because we do not wish to be unclothed, to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So the idea is that Paul used that word naked, right? And for back then, for a Jew, the most horrific thing that could possibly happen to you was to be caught public and naked. And for some of us, that is the most horrific thing, right? But sometimes you see people run around, right, on baseball fields or soccer fields or football fields run around naked, and they just think it's like the greatest thing in the world. I, I don't understand it. But, but people, yeah, people run around naked. It's weird. But... um. The idea of this and why Paul uses this is that what is coming, what is coming in this internal house that we will live in someday is so awesome that it makes us feel naked now. It makes us feel naked now in these, in these tents that we're living in and where we reside in, in this earth. Um, and Paul says in verse 4, For while we are in this tent, we, are, we groan in our burden. Right? Paul's groaning and burdening. What is he groaning and burdening about? Um, he's growing and burdening about the lost, the lost around him. He's growing and burdening about the evil and the hurt around him. Right? Last week, Kevin talked about sin, how man's a sinner, woman's a sinner, they come together and they make little sinners. And then, but what's worse than that, what's worse than that is that we live in a world full of sin, that this world is evil. And that's what, that, that is what Paul is groaning and is burdened by. He's burdened by the persecution, by sin, death, loss in the wicked world. But Paul sees the hope, right? Paul sees the hope at the end of the tunnel. He sees the light. Um, and he's burning and groaning because we, he has hope. And sometimes I wonder, what are we groaning and burdened by? Are we groaning and burdened by, by the loss that is around us, by the poverty that we see? I was down at the beach yesterday, and there's, there's homeless people everywhere, and it's funny, I'm preaching on this. I'm preaching on what it burdens me and what groans me. And I see these people, and I see all the lost people at the beach who are just living for themselves. Right? And am I, am I being grown and burdened by that? And if I'm being honest with myself, I, I wasn't. You know? I wasn't. And I think that's sometimes because we numb our hearts. We don't allow our hearts to, to become a part of that and become emotional. We see, we see the homeless person. We see the poverty. We see the people who are hurt. And we numb our hearts and just say, push that to the side and let them deal with it themselves. No, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be grown and burdened by these things. Paul saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and this is what allowed him to press on. And Paul didn't desire death, but he longed for the superior body. Right? Paul's not desiring to die here. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that he desires the superior body to be with God. And we are not alone, and we know that because in verse 5 it says this, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. Okay, so God has fashioned us for this purpose. There's a purpose for us here on earth, and he has fashioned and made us for that purpose. Who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Most of you are adults in here, and you know what a deposit means. You put a deposit on a car, or a house, or an RV, or a boat, whatever it may be. 
I don't know what you guys are into. Um, but you put a deposit down on something, and usually a deposit is always promising that something is going to come later. And usually when you make a deposit, it's something small up front, and then that the majority of the money is going to come later. And Paul says, right, that we are deposited, that the Spirit is, we are given the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That there is more to come, that we, we have this hope that this life that we live in, these earthly tents that we reside in, that this, this, this isn't all it is. This is just temporary. But that we have an eternal house built by God waiting for us. You know, we have hope, right? We have hope even if, even if there's a death of a loved one in our family, right? We have hope even if we own a business and, and it's going under. We have hope even if we lose our job. We have hope even if our kids maybe aren't making the right decisions in life, right? We have hope because this, this life where we're living at right now isn't, isn't forever. It's just temporary. And someday we will be with God, and that's for eternity, and God gave us this gift of hope, not just to hang on to it, but to do something with it. And that starts in verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Right? So he says the word confidence there. We have confidence. And then looking more into the word confidence, and it kind of means cheerfulness. It means this idea of ongoing cheerfulness that we have, right? We have ongoing cheerfulness as Christians. And in spite of the groaning and in spite of the being burdened, right, we have this ongoing cheerfulness because we see the hope of the eternal house that we will be with in God. Don't live barely hanging on just for ourselves. He's at work in us. Sometimes we think that there's a project, right? Not just physical project, but something emotional, spiritual, that we can't work out. But God is at work in us, and he will work out those things. We already have confidence in that, and we have confidence because we live by faith and not by sight. And that doesn't mean that when you walk out these doors, you close your eyes and go live life, because you guys will all probably trip down the stairs and go to the Tatchby Hospital. That's not, that's not what Paul's talking about here, right? But he's talking about when we worry, right, we don't give in. And we don't check out when things are tough, but we are to trust and rely on God, that, that, he is, that he is in ultimate control, that he has everything under control, and that he knows the purpose for our life, and that he will make everything work out. And when do we live by sight? It's when we choose success over holiness. When we choose our own desires over God's. Um, it's when we worry first about our comfort before others. The idea of selfishness. When we see brokenness around us, and instead of helping out and building a bridge of love, we judge. I mean, those are just some things of how we live by sight. Right? Are we living by faith? Are we living with the confidence and trusting God that He is in complete control and that and that He has everything worked out for our lives? You know, faith brings us assurance. It says in scriptures, if God is for us, who can be against us? I think that's just a strong, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just so beautiful. God is for us and we have him in our hearts. Then, then what can be against us in this life? Because we have this hope that, that this life isn't all it is, but that we have hope in God and that we have hope in this eternal house that we will be in someday. And we celebrate the confidence and the hope we have by living by faith and not by sight. We have hope in struggles, confidence when we live by faith, 
And we have purpose. We have purpose. And that's these last two verses here, verses 9 and 10. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things not while in the body. Wait, sorry. For what is due to us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We all have goals in life. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen the movie Ice Age, right? There's like four of them now. I just went to go see the recent one with the junior hires last Tuesday, Ice Age 4. Um, and there's this squirrel. There's this squirrel in the movie. And the squirrel has, doesn't talk at all. I don't even know why it's in the movie, except besides to give you a good laugh. I don't know. Bram loves it. He thinks it's the greatest in the world. Um, and I think, it's, I, I think it's hilarious. But you have this squirrel in all four movies. And the squirrel, all he's trying to do is get this this like acorn or this nut throughout the whole, every single movie. And it's losing it. It's like getting blown up by lava or it's getting lost in the ice. You know, I mean, they think of crazy ideas of how the squirrel can lose this nut. But we have a goal in, in life. And sometimes we have goals like every day, right? The goal to finish the fence, the goal to, to finish painting the house, the goal to make sure our kids don't get in the cookie jar when they're not supposed to. Um, and then we have life goals. Um, we have life goals of owning a, a business that's going to last forever and it's going to make millions of dollars. We have life goals of, of living a comfortable life, right, and not reaching out to others. Um, but ultimately, we have, we have a goal from God. We have a purpose. And it's in verse 9. So we make it our goal to please Him, right? Our goal in life is to please Him. It's plain and simple. I mean, Paul just says it. I mean, I don't know how more clear you could say it. So we make it our goal to please him. Right? This should be our goal above all. Right? And we have this goal and we are able to please him because we have hope. We have hope that this eternal, that the eternal house that we will be in someday is far better than the tent that we're living in now. And that we have confidence. We have confidence because we live by faith and we live by faith and not by sight. With him, our lives, sorry, with him, we can please him. He has prepared a place for us, and we will appear before God. And that's the idea of verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That kind of is just kind of scary, right? Um, my, like, growing up, I was, I was a bad kid, believe it or not. And I got spanked probably every day. And going before my dad, right, when I did something wrong, or when dad came home from work, I was... Probably always waiting in his room, right, to get to get the wrath of the belt or something like that. But the idea, like, being scared of my dad just with little earthly things of, like, I don't know, not picking up all the dog poops or whatever it may be, but then being before the judgment seat of, of God, right, I mean, it's scary. And it says that, so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. God is going to ask us how we did with what he gave us. God is going to ask us, how, how did you spend your, your time there on earth? What, what did you do for me? Right? And it's not by works, right? This isn't, this isn't legalistic and saying, yes, this, no, this. I mean, that's, just push that to the side, right? But this is, the idea is that we're not going to be compared to one another. It's not by works. It's not, I'm not going to be compared to my dad. I'm not going to be compared to Kevin or compared to Brandon or any of you in here. But do we walk, right? Are we walking the grace that God gives us? 
Are we, are we doing, are we seeking out those opportunities and when we see opportunities to, to be a witness and to be a light and to please him, are, are we doing it? Are we responding to the opportunities that he gives us? Um, are we pleasing God? Are we pleasing him at work? Are we pleasing him at school, at high school? Are we pleasing him this summer with our friends? Are we pleasing him with our grandkids? Are we, are we pleasing God with our lives? And not just, not just here at church, not just when you come to Bible study, but are you pleasing God with your lives when, when you're outside these walls and when you don't have the encouragement of the fellowship with one another and when you completely need to rely on God and find your confidence in Him? You know, we have a purpose, a calling, and it's to please Him. So there's three things, right? We have hope. We have hope to live, to live the, with the struggles and the challenges in life because this earthly tent we live in that is, that is not lasting at all and is temporary, we have something far greater. We have an eternal house built by God just waiting for us. And then we also have confidence because we live by faith and not by sight. We have confidence, right, that we can trust God and we can rely on God and that we have the, the, the Holy Spirit working inside of us and he comes alongside of us and guides us down this path that we're, that we're going on right now. And then we have a purpose. We have a purpose for our lives. We have a purpose to, to please him. And that purpose is for each and every one of us who has is, who is called him as ours. Right? If we are children of God, we should, we should desire to do this. We should desire to please him. And I think about this sometimes in my own life, and it's, it's, for me it's kind of an issue of respect. Right? Do I respect God enough to obey him? I respect my dad, and when he says something, I'll obey him. Maybe it's because I, I see the punishment if I don't do it. But I do respect God enough to, to please him and to honor him and to do what ultimately is our life's purpose. Our life's purpose, wherever he may take you, whether it's back to your homes this afternoon or to job or to lunch or wherever it is this week, are we, are we pleasing God? Um, it's probably the shortest service you guys probably ever had here. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, but yeah, are we, are we doing what pleases God? Um, that's our life's purpose is to please him. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Dear Lord, Holy Father, God, thanks for letting me get through that. Um, Lord, we just thank you for how awesome you are, Lord, and that you give us hope. Lord, that you give us hope and that we will, we will be with you someday and that, that these earthly tents we're living on now are temporary, God, and that, and that Lord, we have, we have faith in you, God, and that we have confidence that, that you are with us, Lord, that you are with us in these struggles and um, in these conflictions that we're going through in life, God. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you have given us a purpose here in life. Um, that you just don't let us run around just doing whatever we want, God, but that you have given us a life's purpose, and that is to please you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you just work in our hearts, God, and that we desire that, Lord. We desire that for ourselves, Lord, and claim it as our own, Lord. And we just thank you for all the blessings, God. Lord, I just thank you for um, blessing me, Lord, with the ability to be up here. And uh, in your name we pray. Amen.